you're celebrating abundance. You're celebrating the hard work of the season. And I'm going to do dried tomatoes in olive oil and herbs. One of the things that I started doing recently was harvesting foliage. Harvesting for aesthetics. Do you have any photography tips for our listeners? Uh, In the spirit of Halloween, I'm going to literally say I was a basic witch. They heard that UV light can help to ripen those unripened fruits a bit quicker. So what are your thoughts on that? Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, Colin, we're celebrating abundance with harvest. Nice. Right. Uh, This is very topical this time of year as we're kind of winding things down in the garden. We're starting to harvest everything. I know last week you were talking about how you still were keeping the vegetables going, but I I haven't. I'm wondering with the snow next week, are you starting to harvest everything? Yeah, I'm going to do uh, the last cleanup Uh um, and probably tomorrow. Yoink them all out. Yeah, yeah it's um, time. I, I, you know, when people are like, oh, I think this is because uh, Nick um, harvested everything and cleaned everything up two weeks ago. And he was like, I wish I hadn't. Oh, yeah. yeah he got paranoid because it was one night it was going down to like minus one. Yeah. And he was convinced it was going to kill everything. Yeah. So he jumped the gun and he was like, I shouldn't have done it. I know that we always joke around. Oh, if you don't like the weather, wait 20 minutes. Oh, they can never accurately predict the weather. But when they go, oh, no, for a week, the high is never going to be above like minus one. Minus one is the warmest for the week and three days of snow. There's going to be some accuracy in there. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to give it up. What about you? Do you have any, uh, any harvesting? So I have a really funny story. So we clean things out of our garden and our townhouse probably, I don't even know, like three weeks ago. Like we were super early because we knew we had my mom's stuff to do. So I thought I had pulled the tomato plant out. And then two, like I was looking the other day, it had started growing again. Yeah. And I'm like, I see this green bit and I'm like, this feels cruel because I know what's coming <laughs> and it's never going to get flowers. And it's just yep. putting like energy into something that's not going to produce anything. It's trying. It's like, hey. And then Brad, Brad planted a potato. He just had a spare potato like that we weren't <laughs> going to use. And then he, he planted it and just for me to find, like he's such a trickster, but yep. uh, so we still have things growing. Nice. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and. You know, it's it's crazy how long this season has been. Yeah. Long may it continue. I, I That's not a complaint. It's an observation. Harvest time is a bit of a two-edged thought mm-hmm. because, pun intended here, it's literally the fruits of your labor. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's I bet you that's where that term came from. Fruits it, of your labor. Sin, sin, Ori- origin, origin story. Uh, origin <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Marvel oh, hero Oh gosh, ever. I think this is going to be one of those internet holes. Oh yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Next time on the Helpful yeah. Gardeners. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll just claim it as. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know? if, if, if there's a wiki page, I'll update it tonight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think the one thing we can agree on is that this weekend, pretty much everyone's going to be in the same boat. They're going to be harvesting whatever yep. they have left going on. And then you're sort of stuck with the the conundrum. What do you do with it all? There's only so much you can uh, give away. There's only so much you can eat. And not all of it is uh, got a long shelf life or is good for freezing. Yes. You know, yeah. It's funny that it's like, oh, now I'm reaping the fruits of my labors and it is going to create more labors. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You thought you were done. Yeah, exactly. Nope. Sucker. Yeah. <laughs> but out of all of the things that we have to do in life, whether or not it's uh, genuinely busy or if we, if we create our own busyness, which I can be guilty of because I get bored so quickly. So I'm like, 
oh, instead of doing this task I must do, I am going to do something completely random and then be like, well, I don't have enough time. <laughs> but um, what you can do with those uh, veggies uh, with, between canning uh, and pickling and preserving, plus eating and giving away, eating fresh food. There's mm-hmm. so much you can do at harvest time. You can. And I actually found a really nice resource online. Um, the Farmer's Almanac has this great oh, webpage. I love the Farmer's Almanac. I know, right? And I was like, well, they they have this really nice guide on their website. I'm going to include the the note. We've moved our show notes over to uh, goldenacre.ca slash blog. So make sure to go over there and check out the link. We've, we're going to include a whole bunch of helpful information um, there later. But they, they kind of break down all of the various things that you can do. So they have canning and preserving. So yep. what you were talking about and pickling. They also have freezing. Um, and they also have drying and dehydrating, which is one that a lot of people don't think about. And that can be useful for things like your herbs or... Tomatoes. Yeah, exactly. And I, this is where I was going to because you had the biggest harvest of tomatoes I'd ever seen. And you mentioned, I saw like a tray in an oven. So what were you doing? Exactly that. You were dehydrating. Yep. So I, uh, I've i got another batch to go through. I've already done uh, two full batches. I have another batch to uh, to go in uh, this weekend, actually. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm going to ripen anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I harvested the rest, and I, I looked the other day. They're all turning red. I did my banana trick, and it worked like a, like a charm. Um, and I'm going to dehydrate them. And, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get, uh, some spices, mm-hmm. uh, some herbs, uh, dried, of course, uh, I've already got some, uh, primo olive oil. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's like, it is actually from Greece. Ah. Yeah. And I'm going to do, uh, oven dried, sun dried tomatoes uh with uh some will have uh basil some will have oregano uh maybe some thyme uh, i'm even going to shave a couple of my carolina reapers oh my gosh and do a hot batch a Ooh, hot oil batch okay uh and i'm going to do just the the little small like 500 mil uh jars and i'm going to do uh dried tomatoes in olive oil and herbs yeah oh that's going to be you're going to share right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a question, oh. was it? Yeah, like you're gonna share, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely am. I love love dried tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I put them in sandwiches and everything. Oh, They're so good. Yes. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll be sharing the wealth. We're gonna have a fair amount, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're right. There are certain rules when you're going into preserving your harvest, and one one thing that the almanac really does a good job of of doing is sort of breaking things down by section. So if you're looking at root vegetables or right. leafy greens, like leafy greens are really tough to freeze and you sort of have to use them right away. But here's the upside is that those are ones that you can grow inside as well. So if you're, yeah. So if you're looking for spinach or some kind of leafy salad green for the winter time, you can still bring the gardening inside for that. You just have a tougher time preserving it. So more so look towards your fruits, your vegetables. I've never, I've never been a huge fan of pickling. Really? I, I love pickles. I, see, and that's the thing is that I don't. Oh, okay. I, and it's not the pickle. I I, I, I have to try it myself um, because I don't mind uh, pickles. I hate that everything in North America is pickled with dill. Oh. Why did dill become the default to pickle it? Like, yeah. you don't need it. It tastes great just pickled why mm-hmm. did you add dill to it? and that's i'm trying to teach myself to like dill yeah i'm trying for that reason mm-hmm. and i'm i'm better i used to really really dislike it um but i i also find 
So if you if you do like a, a jar of tomato sauce, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's easy to use in one shot because mm-hmm. pasta, and then you got leftovers, or you have friends over, and it's it's an easy meal. But personally, I can only eat a like maybe three or four pickled things at a time. And I'm like, that's enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's an interesting thing. Um, I literally just Googled substitutes to dill. Okay. Um, So they actually say tarragon, fresh tarragon. I don't think I've ever grown tarragon. Have you? I I, honestly, if you, for a million dollars, I couldn't tell you what flavor tarragon is. I mean, either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen uh, fresh dill can be substituted. Oh wait, with... no, I'm thinking of turmeric. Oh, <laughs> that is a difference. <laughs> yeah, turmeric's the bright yellow one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So turmeric is is the yellow one, and then uh, tarragon is. Oh yeah! Oh yes. Uh, have you ever noticed it? Kind of smells like uh, aniseed. Anise, it's got like that. Oh, licorice-y... yeah. It says it has a subtle licorice flavor. Yeah, and. Yeah. I do not enjoy like mm, licorice pickle. <laughs> well, I'm wondering what it would react like if when it reacts with the vinegar, if it does something like, I mean, they even said um, you can use fennel fronds. Fennel, another, another one. I People, yeah. people drink fennel tea. People drink, have you ever had dandelion tea? No, we, I was going to try that, but I didn't want to grow my own. You, you, they grow naturally. I know, but like, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? We have to be careful. Like it's, it's not good. Yeah. It's not, it's good. not good. I've, uh, I can't remember who gave it to me now. And they were like, oh, you should try this because of the health benefits. Yeah. And I was like, there has to be a better way to get these health benefits yeah. because this is not good. Yeah. It really isn't. And I, I'm the same. Fennel, I think, could be a good accent flavor. Yes. Dandelion, I think, could be a good accent mm-hmm. flavor, but you don't want to drink a steaming mug of it. Like no, no, just be like the little garlic hanging out at the bottom, you know. But you know what? That I know I know it's in the dried part, but sorry, I just got excited yeah. immediately. Uh cuz we're all over the place. But there's a good way. Um Jenny uh always uh dries her lavender. Yeah. Yeah, and she'll do lavender tea yep. or uh she'll uh, just, you know, I've literally caught her like smelling the bag. And yeah. she just loves the smell of it and she dries out uh, the lavender. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and that's another thing when, you know, we, we sometimes forget about the herbs, but uh, drying and dehydrating herbs, great idea. And yep. for those, you just sort of hang it upside down and then just, that's it. A few years ago, I did that and we had a bunch of herbs. We had uh, basil, mint, oregano, all of them. And I tied them all up mm-hmm. in bunches and I hung them and I did uh, what you see in uh, like uh, pictures and um, like iconic images and whatnot. And I put them around the window. Oh, I hung them on the window. Yeah. And a friend of mine, uh, she lives in Germany now with her uh, with her family, uh, saw the picture. I, I put a picture in uh, my Instagram stories, nice little sunset. And she was like, oh, you should take them out the window. Why? Uh, apparently, uh, the sun dries them too quickly when they're uh, drying like that. They lose flavor. They lose some of the oils and they're not good. She's like, you want to do them properly. She's like, you actually need to hang them like down in the basement in the dark. Oh. And just let them dry slowly yep. rather than try and dry them fast. Yeah. And I was like, cut them all down, went downstairs and hung them up accordingly. Yeah. So, but that's, I, mm. again, you know, you you go up to somebody and you go, oh, I'm, I'm planting a seed and I don't know how to do it. They'll walk you through it to all the way to preserving. Because my sister-in-law, she is 
next level good at preserving. Wow. She's the one who's going to help me do uh, my olive oil. Literally, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And she's like, okay, you need this, this, this. And she just off the top of her head is rattling it off. And I was like, that is so cool. I love that because, I mean, even looking on this Almanac page, like it's a big page just with the different yep. methods and then bringing it, breaking it down into the different types of fruits and vegetables. And I mean, they even go off into gas exchange and like what can cause vegetables and fruits to sort of deteriorate faster when they're placed next to other ones. Yep. Like what was that um, type of gas that they were talking ethylene. about? Yeah, ethylene gas, yep. shortening the, the storage life of some of your fruits and vegetables. But ethylene also works to ripen mm-hmm. the unripe yes. ones. When you put the avocados in the bowl, if if they're rock hard, put them with the bananas. But if they're slightly soft, keep them as far away from yes. the bananas as you can. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole other world uh, learning how to, um, how to kind of preserve, but you know, you know what I always think of at harvest time when we were kids back in England, uh, our elementary school used to do a, uh, harvest basket day. Oh, cute. Yeah, and we'd all come in with a, with a basket and it would be stuff that, uh, cause a lot of people back then grew. That's, that's my dad taught me how to grow. Like ever since I was like, my mom's got a picture. I think I was like, uh, two years old and I'm out in the garden planting with my dad mm-hmm. planting. I'm sure I was helping him, <laughs> but we would bring in uh harvest baskets uh, and then they would go to uh, seniors or the needy or something like that. And we would donate them and the school would put them all together. Cause a lot of people would bring in the same kind of stuff and they would divvy it all up, yeah. even it all out. And then they would give them out to people in the community who needed them. See, I love that. And you know, when I was looking into this topic, one of the things that I loved about harvest time was that even though you're like, you're celebrating abundance, you're celebrating the hard work of the season, yep. you're reducing food waste because you're putting more effort into this thing that you've grown and yep. seeing it through to either, like you say, impacting the community or helping to make sure you're eating healthy. Yep. And when you're, ta- when you're bringing up England, that got me also wondering about different sort of traditions around the world. Starting just here at home, our friends, Peter and Bree, recently went to um, an event called Supalicious. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. So they weren't the only people that I know actually went to this. It was brought about Super-licious. by- Supalicious. Yeah. yeah. So they brought, it was um, by a company called Highfield Regenerative Farm. Um, they're in partnership. This is off their website, in partnership with the Compost Council of Canada and the city of Calgary. They're transforming vacant property into a vibrant and productive urban farm through soil revitalization, food production, and community programming. They do this event. This is the third annual one. It's held on August 1st or October 1st, rather. And they gather a whole bunch of like local restaurants together. And then they come and they do soup. And then you go around with your spoon. You have to bring your own spoon. (laughs) And then you try these soup samples. And it's just like really good, hearty soup. And I mean, the winner... First place pot this year went to Hotel Arts okay. for their beet minestrone with chewy ginger beet dumpling. And then they also had the golden label or the golden ladle, sorry, from Proof YYC and ABCBs. Nice, um, nice. And they had a honey roasted pear and celery root soup. Oh my. Come on, right? Like you go to this, they're doing good in the community and then they're giving you inspiration for <gasps> how to use it. In Who your thinks own? to put honey in I soup? I know. And I mean, and then they partnered with ABCB. Yeah. I, I actually had heard of a group a couple of years ago. I didn't put the name together, but 
I assume it's the same one. I, I really don't know. But we're doing that reclaimed land thing. I think yes. that's fantastic. Yes, me too. You know, less less wastelands, less lawns, like more food. You know, but that's that's wild. Yeah. Like how many people come together for that and yeah. some of those recipes. I heard Toronto, Ontario also has a sort of soupalicious event. Okay. So this is sort of a movement across the country and it's celebrating harvest. It's giving back to the community. It's inspiring your dishes for the autumn season. So I'm all about it. Yeah, when I was in Quebec, uh, there was a, a festival. Now, I don't, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if this was uh, all of Montreal or just a community. I was Fête de Moisson. Okay. M O I S S O N. Okay. And it's Harvest Festival. Aww. Same kind of thing. Everybody brings, it's like a big potluck. Yeah. It's like a big potluck. And the idea is you grow uh, all of it, uh, uh, the vast majority of it uh, from your garden and uh, and everybody comes together and, uh, and, and and you just literally share the food. For me, I, I, I think I prefer more the community aspect than the preserving aspect. Yeah. I think the preserving aspect is great, but I think when you, when you see how much it can bring people together. So when my mom, she's still, you know, she's doing good. She's healthy. Um, but you know, she, she, she's a little bit older now. And, uh, when she, uh, moved out of her house into the condo, uh, the one thing she said, uh, was that she was going to miss her garden. Now she didn't grow veggies. She, she, all about her flowers, loved her flowers, but she said she was going to miss her garden. And I think about that, like, uh, you know, some seniors who, you know, they couldn't maintain the garden anymore. So they had to give up growing. Maybe they're still in the house, but they're not growing the food uh, or they've downsized, whatever the case might be. And, you know, the younger generation who do have the energy and the space and uh, the wherewithal to, to grow bringing them the harvest. Like I find like the, that it'd be a generational connect. And, yes. and that's, that to me is more inspiring than, than sitting in my kitchen, preserving it so I can eat some sun-dried tomatoes in January. Don't get me wrong. I'm very much going to enjoy those sun-dried tomatoes in January. No, but you're right though. If you take the time to preserve it, you know, if you're able to, and you're feeling inspired to do so, and then you gift that to somebody else, like someone like your mom or whoever, like your family, yep. your friends, like the, the the sharing aspect and then giving them something that they can enjoy yep. over the winter months, bring them joy. I love that too. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's something and, and that, yeah, that's, that's true as well. Mm -hmm. Like a couple of years ago when I, when I canned all of uh, my tomatoes and I had the last jaw of uh, tomato sauce and I really didn't want to use it. I was like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should save it. That was like maybe. a special occasion. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, beforehand, I'm like, do do do, got some tomatoes. And then I was like, oh, there's, there's only one left. And mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I should probably, I'll, maybe I'll save that one. Yes. Uh, you end up using it anyway, but yeah, it, yeah it's, uh, it's good, but it's, it is interesting around the world because, you know, again, as, as well, if you look at it, you know, right now we're talking about harvest. Yeah. Uh, but in, say, Australia, they're talking about spring. And that's what I noticed, too, is that f these harvest festivities can happen any time of the year, depending on where you live. Like, um, I was surprised with uh, Barbados. They So I was particularly interested in Barbados because my husband, his mom is from Barbados. Right. So I was just curious. They have what's called crop over and they celebrate it in July, which is like, that's like when we're growing our stuff, right? And they actually celebrate 
Well, they used to be the biggest sugar producers in the world before okay. Brazil kind of took that over. And so they would just celebrate the abundance of sugar and like obviously lots of rum going around. Yep. And like um, my sister is dating a gentleman from China and they celebrate the mid-autumn festival or they call it also the mooncake festival. Um, That's a great name. I know. I know. And and I, the things are so cute. Like, look at this thing. So that's what's called a moon cake. That's that's like not food. That's art. It's it absolutely is art. I feel bad being the first person to cut I, that. I know, I know. But they actually celebrated around October, so they're around the same time is as moon, us. Is, is moon cake a specific dish? It is. What's what, what's so in a moon cake? Moon you can't be dropping this information. I know, I know. Here, look at this picture, yeah. and then nobody else can see it. Um, <laughs> but it just kind of looks like this sort of dough on the outside with this really gooey inner layer, and then they, it's nice golden brown on the top but my sister said it's very um it's a very important symbol at that time of year and the mid-autumn festival celebrates three things gathering giving thanks right for the harvest and then they also take this time to pray for good for good fortune okay so that was really cool and of course with thanksgiving obviously we know north america celebrates it but i didn't know this liberia celebrates thanksgiving as well for the harvest. They're wrapping it into yeah. the harvest well, and I, gathering. I mean, that's how Thanksgiving uh, got started. Um, but it, it's it's a weird one because it's one of the uh it's one of the few holidays I, I really don't celebrate. Yeah. I don't have a huge family and we have no tradition mm-hmm. because we came over from England. So whenever like everybody else is like, oh my God, Thanksgiving, we're doing this and that, and it's gonna be such a busy weekend. I'm like, Free long weekend, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if in the agricultural industry, they celebrate it more because they're more connected to the harvest. Yep. Do you think? I think in a sense, everybody does this. Again, it, I bet you if we looked it up, every country uh, is going to have some kind of, or every every yes. region yes. is going to have some kind of, of, of thing they did uh, where they celebrated that abundance of food. Because yes. if, you know, we go back not too long ago, like a hundred years, two hundred years. Definitely, food scarcity and food shortages were real. Yes, you know there wasn't this this mass production. I mean, we go back. Oh my God, the agricultural revolution with Jethro Tull and all of that, and before that, you know, you know the, those images you see of like people sowing the seed where they're literally just throwing it onto the ground. Yeah, that's how they used to do it. Yeah. And and they they found better ways, and then they started being able to develop the food. But they didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have freezers, they had mm-hmm. no way of preserving it. So there were, you know, obviously ways to do it, but that massive amount one time of year of that huge abundance of fresh fruit and fresh vegetables all happening at the same time, and everybody in the community would come along, and that'd be, you know. It, that that was true wealth. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like even now, like we're talking from a from a perspective of great privilege. We don't yep. have the need to preserve, but I'm sure there are tons of people in the world that still need to do that. How much do we take for granted, you know, the fridge? Mm-hmm. You know, the the freezer. Um, you know, like, oh yeah, you can't freeze strawberries. Be like, oh boo-hoo. <laughs> 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 I can go to the grocery store and buy them fresh. Oh, well, exactly. Like every week of the year. Yeah. So yeah, no, we we do have have you know a, a massive privilege there with with where we are mm-hmm. and the food we get, but also it doesn't make it like for me personally, it doesn't make it any less fun 
when I harvest and I say, and, and you know what? I never, Nick, I was talking to Nick earlier uh, about his tomatoes. And uh, he was telling me like how much he harvested. And I was like, no way. Uh, what did you do? Do you have pictures? What are you going to do? I, I never get bored hearing about what people harvested or um, what they're going to do with it or what their plans are for next year. Because I, I've heard people literally during harvest go, okay, well, next year I'm going to double this, but I'm not going to grow as many of mm-hmm. this. Yep. And it's like, it's fantastic. Like you're already thinking of the spring. You've got all of this food. It's yes. it's a wonderful time. Yes. It's a great time for inspiration. And while we were talking a lot about fruits and vegetables, which is a huge part of harvest, I also want to kind of touch a little bit on harvesting for different purposes. So one of the things that I started doing recently was harvesting foliage. <gasps> harvesting for aesthetics. Yes, Absolutely. Harvest for aesthetics. Yeah. This is sort of things like taking nature inside so that you can enjoy it over the winter months, right? So DIY projects like mm-hmm. wreaths, centerpieces. You were even talking about harvesting foliage for your Christmas planters at the yep. front door. I mean, technically, that is harvesting foliage when you're looking at those big balsam ba- uh, baths, yep, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I really wanted to show and tell today, welcome class, <laughs> is um, my flower press kit, which I, I will send a picture onto our blog so that you can actually see it because it's a, it's a really interesting contraption if you've never seen one. I love flower presses. It's thing. really cool. My grandfather made me one long time ago. Um, and that one, unfortunately, met its maker. So this one is my new one. And it ha- it's basically two pieces of wood yeah. and then you have screws on all four corners. And then in the middle, you have pa- pieces of thick paper with thick pieces of cardboard. And because as we know, flowers can emit a sort of um, oil. Yep. And so the cardboard is meant to separate that so that your pages don't bleed into each other. And the the cardboard as well, if uh, if memory serves, I haven't mm-hmm. had a flower press in years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you used to do it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You, you you can use heavy books, of course. Yes, and exactly. Yeah, you don't need this contraption yeah. by all means. You but can the, use like wax paper yeah. the other, or parchment the other, paper. Well, and, but the reason these are better, um, I want to touch on that because I love I love these. These make me so so happy. I like <laughs> I like the embossed uh, bee and the yes. flowers on it and stuff as well. But um, another thing that people do because I love that you I love that you brought that up. Um, harvesting aesthetics. Yes. And you can do this for not only leaves, you can do grass, you can do like flowers, you can do like all sorts of stuff. So what have you got going in here now? I've literally, I do have some flowers, so I'm glad that you brought that up. I can just see some stems sticking out. Yeah. And I'm not even sure, does it need to be tightened? Uh, It absolutely could, but it's- Do you feel like it? Do you feel it? Because yeah, I I have sort of um, uh, taken some things that were in my garden, but one of my favorite things to do is actually the foliage because I love making art with it. And what I've decided is, you know, taking leaves that are around my garden and around my mom's garden, and then you sort of attach a memory to it. She's got this beautiful um, houseplant leaf collection that nice. I've pressed for her. Another thing I've done is I have taken some wild grasses and then just taken like one little strand and then putting that down. My friend learned how to identify different types of grasses. So I kind of nerded out with her a little bit um, and I'm just trying to collect them all. But it's a really fun fall activity if you're just on a fall walk or if you're out harvesting and then you see maybe your tomato was trying to do one more last push for a fruit and you've still got a flower, maybe press that, right? And and it's... You can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh no, I left it in the flower press for two weeks instead of one week. Leave it in there for as long as you damn well want. It. My lazy soul loves it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's 
it, as long as you're tithing it occasionally, uh, as long as you harvested it properly and you put it in the right thing to begin with, minor steps that any good flower kit will come with. Yeah. You, you do it at your leisure. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. And and have you ever seen, um, and this is some, I, can I press flowers? Yeah, of course, anybody can. That, that, that's that's not the hard one. But what you're talking about is that, and you're, you've got an artistic soul. <laughs> you really do. Uh, and, and that's one of the things I love about you is, is like your eye for seeing things. Um, have you ever seen the people who do uh, flower presses and they use leaves and flowers and they do uh, like an actual picture? Yes. I saw someone yeah. did like a ballerina one time. It was yeah. gorgeous. And they'll use different color leaves for yes. like the dress and oh. the... Le- yeah, I was uh, in the spirit of Halloween. I'm going to literally say I was a basic witch when I did it. And I like, here's a rose, put it in the middle, smoosh it. And I'd be like, Ugh, flat rose. Oh, my gosh. But no, and it's hard because like it looks all 3D and easy to maneuver when it's fresh. And yep. then as soon as it's as soon as it's all flat, I'm like tweezer, like delicate. It's yep. like paper now. And that's and that's it as well. I, the, you know what? That's a great point for anybody trying it. If you've if you've never done it and you want to try mm-hmm. it, I I absolutely recommend it. But I would say, yeah, try it being like super basic. Yeah, like one flower in the middle and get the idea of how it looks yes. because you have you know I, I'm not going to get into the math here. I don't know why I bring up math. Like <laughs> way too many shows, I bring it up. Like I have any skill in the subject whatsoever. But if you took a marble that had a uh, one inch circumference and you smooshed it, it, well, it would break because it's glass. So marble might not be the best. If you had a clay ball, one inch circumference and you smoosh it, the circumference gets bigger. Yeah. So if you have a flower like a rose or an echinacea and you smoosh it, it's going to widen out. And yeah, it doesn't go completely flat because you're not crushing it. But you got to take all of that into consideration. And I never, I never got into that. I was very, very basic. But I've seen people do borders with different leaves and yeah. stuff. And I could see you doing that. And, I, you, and one of the things that I really love about it too, like you say, you don't know what it's going to really look like until you open it. And yep. it sort of brought me back to those days of like taking the film out of the camera and getting it developed. Like oh my there's God. a sort yep. of delayed gratification that comes with pressing flowers yep. that I really enjoy. That is something, sure, yeah. AI can show you a picture. You can Google image a picture, but we lost that with with photographs. And you you can't you can't press a flower any quicker than you press it. Yeah. You know you can't preserve uh, a veggie any quicker than you preserve it. Yes. You know I I bet you can. I mean I've never done it, but I mean you do it with flower stem. I, I bet you could do things with like little twigs and pieces of wood too. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, you could. I think that'd be really sweet. I got to get myself a flower press again. <laughs> I really know, do. I am really glad that you brought up photography because that's sort of where your expertise really comes in. And sort of when we're talking about harvesting memories, do you have any photography tips for our listeners when they're going out and maybe capturing fall in a different way? Step one, uh, just go out and do it. That's my first one is... That's sometimes the hardest yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to call anybody out because I, I don't want them to feel bad. But I was talking to somebody and uh, they were talking about posting on uh, Instagram. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I would never, I would never post on Instagram. My pictures are nowhere near as good as yours. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. And that's very subjective. Yeah, of course, there's things you can look at, but some people may prefer your pictures. You're going to take a different picture than me. 
post the damn picture. Yeah. You know, like, oh, if you don't want to, don't. But don't let the reason be because you think somebody is better. Mm -hmm. Shoot during golden hour, either morning golden hour or evening golden hour. Yes, which is earlier now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's earlier and later. Oh, so it's great, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's two-edged sword. You're like, oh man, I love sunrise pictures. Well, I don't have to get out as bad as early, but it's colder. <laughs> well, yeah, but, and that's the thing. It's like with with me having a bedtime at nine o'clock, like I'm like, yeah, yeah, eight o'clock. Woo. I, I by January, I'm done with this novelty. But there's something nice about I love it when it starts getting dark earlier for the first time because mm -hmm. everything just feels a little more cozier and intimate. Yes, it does. Yeah. And then by January, you're like, TikTok spring, <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> but um, yeah, be aware of the light. I always take more than one picture. Because I've had people and they're like, oh my God, how do you get such good pictures of this animal or that flower? And I'm like, have you seen my camera roll? <laughs> I didn't take one picture. I took 39. Yeah. And there are times when I've taken 39 and they are all garbage. Yeah. Because you go to take a picture and the wind blows. Yeah. And you're like, son of a gun. Mm -hmm. um, so take the picture. And then here is a uh, key one. Edit your picture. Yes. If I'm going to draw a parallel, it's like preserving the food after. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken the picture. It's a nice picture, but drop it into any of the editing apps, Lightroom, Photoshop Express, uh, Snapseed, Photo Director. Uh, there are four that I've got on my phone because they all have different aspects I like to play with uh, and learn to tweak it. Learn to bring those colors out and drop the highlights. And, you know, maybe maybe you want to make it a bit more moody so you drop the shadows or you want to make it a nice bright image so you lift the shadows. Yeah. And play with that. And if anybody's going to do that, the only thing I can give them is be gentle with the sliders. Okay. Because you get so excited at first and you're like, oh, that duck's head is very green. I'm going to make it greener. <laughs> you're like, bloody hell, man. Your tomatoes are scarlet. Yeah, and then you find out like, the federal government has like closed off that park with that green duck thinking that there's nuclear ducks. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Hales, where did you find that duck? Like, I'm not going to rat on my buddy, man. But yeah, like honestly, just, just take the pictures, uh, post them and have fun with it. And they're not all going to, you know what? They're not all going to be winners. I have a really, I pay uh, every year only for photos. This is embarrassing. Uh, for two terabytes of extra storage on Google. Really? Because yeah, I cannot bring myself to delete my picture. If it is absolutely garbage, like, you know, when you're taking a picture and you look and you're like, oh, you'd accidentally put it on selfie mode and took the picture and you've got like your armpit and <laughs> half of a building behind you. I will delete that one. Yeah. But there are times when I won't even delete a blurry picture mm. because I'm like, no, there's still a memory there. Yeah. Okay. Like. I wanted to take a picture and at the last minute, Harry moved or Jenny moved or Jimmy ran off. And I'm like, oh, I remember why they did that. Yeah. And that's a memory in and of itself. So I'm I'm notoriously bad. I take way too many pictures and then I save them all. <laughs> and I've got, this one's embarrassing to do. I got pictures on my phone. If you scroll back uh, far enough, uh, I have pictures starting in 2012. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I still have them all. As long as I've got Wi-Fi, I got yeah. access to all my pictures. Oh, you know, one of my favorite pictures that I took of Brad in the autumn was um, was a picture for my for my UFC for my university class. Yeah. And he he he, uh, he was making fun of me because I was trying to make like a very autumny photo for this class. And then he's just like he wore my hat, my floppy hat. <laughs> he grabbed my Starbucks, 
And then he posed like me, a basic witch. And uh, <laughs> that's my favorite photo. And you're right. There's a memory attached to that. It is. And it doesn't matter uh, how funny it is. So this is one that I have in my office. You can Aww, take a picture and, I and, love it. and put that up. Yeah. And it was when we lived in a, uh, in um not tuxedo, uh, Mount Pleasant. When we lived in Mount Pleasant, we had this massive, massive tree in the front. And um, Harry and I spent, it was a beautiful, beautiful autumn day, I remember. And uh, Harry and I went out and we cleaned the garden and we, we got rid of all the pots and we, we cut back all the perennials and cleaned up all the beds and we raked the leaves and we just raked them into this massive, one giant pile uh, and then the rest of the afternoon, I just let Harry jump in them and kick them around. We ended up spreading them back all over the yard. Um, but I've got pictures of him like running and diving headfirst into the leaves. I couldn't care if I had to rake them all again or if it snowed and I didn't get a chance to rake them. That doesn't matter because that memory is killer. That's so special. Yeah. So that's you're completely right. Just take the photo. Yeah. Like get out there and enjoy because, you know, a nice day in autumn I think is 10 times more valuable than a nice day in spring. Yeah. Because in the spring, it's a nice day and you go, oh, I can't get outside. I got to work or whatever. But you're like, oh, I know. I know there's like 20 more ahead of me in the fall. Like, have you seen the weather forecast? I think this is the last nice weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think this is your, this is your sign. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you needed a sign. This is this, it. And it, it falls on a weekend. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, oh, your last nice day is Thursday. <laughs> and you're like, oh, thanks, Mother Nature. That's <laughs> wicked awesome of you. <laughs> what, like Halloween on a Tuesday? Yeah. Well, that's, and that's kind of a drag too, is yeah. that it's, it didn't stay nice right through Halloween. Yeah. But whatever, I don't go trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, parents. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then Harry doesn't wear at that perfect age now. Yeah. You know what's funny though? What? I know, I know this is our, uh, this is our uh, upcoming topic, but uh, I'm going to mention it now. So we always we always do something and give out candy uh, to the kids for Halloween, of course. But this year, I don't know where it's coming from, uh, but it's awesome. Jenny is so excited for Halloween. Why? I, I, she, she even said herself, she's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know this yet. She's like, but I have the Halloween spirit. And she's like, can we put out like some Halloween decor? And, and can we get like some stuff? And can we really jazz it up and make sure we got lots of candy? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So she is all about the Halloween. And I, I don't know if it's the nice weather. We need to celebrate every win. Yeah. We really do harvest, uh, Halloween, jumping in a pile of leaves. Let's take it. I think so. And is she going to dress up? Uh, I, I think she wants, uh, she also wants me to dress up too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is actually a really good segue because next week, I know we'll get into the question of the week here momentarily, but next week uh, we're going to do a whole Halloween special. Ooh. So Colin and I are actually going to be on video for the first time. Oh, I'm excited. That's going to be really fun. And we are going to dress up and we're going to share some snacks, some Halloween snacks. And we're going to talk about Halloween stuff with, you know, in relation to the garden. And one of the cool things that I, I, I asked AI to come up with some spooky garden stories. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, you got some spooky garden. I Excellent. think it's going to be fun, but do you want to get into the garden or the question of the week? Uh, yeah. 
Well, this week's question of the week actually came to me personally, and they'd rather remain anonymous, which okay. is totally cool. Yep. That's an option. Um, but essentially, as it's harvest time and we're bringing everything in, they heard that UV light can help to ripen those unripened fruits a bit quicker. So what are your thoughts on that? Like anything in gardening, uh, it's not a hard yes or a hard no, but it is uh, a very strong no. What I think when neglecting are the other mitigating factors. So if you put your tomatoes in direct sunlight in your house, ah. you've brought them in out of the cold, you've put them in a warmer environment, and there is even more warmth in the sunlight. Right. The warmth is affecting the ripening because what will end up happening is uh, the correct humidity levels, the correct warmth levels. Every plant, veggies and fruits definitely, uh, have that gas ethylene in them. Some have it in abundance, some don't. So some, you're not going to get any effect, like a, like a turnip and kohlrabis. Yeah, there is ethylene, but not to the effect of, say, a, a banana. What that does is it enhances the ethylene. So the warmth and the humidity are affecting it more than the light. My tomatoes that are ripening right now are actually in no light. They're okay. in a brown paper bag, scrunched up with three bananas in a warm location. The bag is helping wick away some of the humidity so they're not gonna rot, but it's also keeping a controlled environment the bananas are leaching the ethylene and the tomatoes are drinking that up. Huh. So there's a cycle there, but they are in zero light whatsoever. Yeah. So even like if we're talking about like a grow light or an LED yeah. light, like the, the, the thing that's going to help you is that, that gas exchange. Yeah, exactly. So what you're looking for more key than anything else is warmth and the correct humidity. Now our houses inherently have that. We yeah. turn heaters on, we have sunlight coming through the windows, you know, I, I, again, cause people go, well, if my tomatoes are outside and they're in full sun, they ripen quicker than the ones that are in partial sun. Well, yeah, because they're getting more energy, they're mm -hmm. getting more sugars and they're getting more heat. So there are so many other factors. It's not the light itself. It is all of those other factors. The, the increased little bit of temperature from the light happening uh, may also help, uh, but is the light itself gonna ripen the plant? It is not. Interesting. Well, that's given me a lot of food for thought. <laughs> nice. Ah. Well, if you have anything that you would like to learn more about, feel free to reach out to us. You can do so on our social media. We're um, on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on threads. Uh, you can also reach out to us by email, info at goldenacre.ca. We also have our voicemail, which you can access on our website, goldenacre.ca. Just click on the podcast page and then you can send one in anonymously. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, our show notes are now going to be available over on our blog, goldenacre.ca slash blog. And we'll have all of the pictures from today. Um, a lot of that helpful link, the uh, the helpful links that we were talking about, like that Almanac link for preserving. Great link. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. So be sure to check all of that out over on our website, goldenacre.ca. And like I said, next week's going to be really fun. Ooh, I know it's going to be so spooky. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be scary in here. I'm going to dress as a slug. No. What, what's scarier to a gardener? A slug or an aphid? <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll see, right? I guess we will. Check out that episode next yeah. Sunday morning, and we'll talk to you then. Bye, everyone.